And that's where, as veterans, we have a bit of a leg up. Um, LinkedIn had a study last year where they estimated that a veteran with a bachelor's degree has 300% more work experience than a civilian with the same bachelor's degree. And the reason for that is, is that as a veteran or prior military, we've done our job every day. There's no in-between. We have to show up, we have to do our job, or the cost of that could be catastrophic. We are The David Johnson Show, bringing the veteran community stories and perspectives so you can design the life that you deserve. Jay Sheehan, welcome to the David Johnson Show. Appreciate you flying in. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Little known fact, we've been friends uh, 20 years now. Oh, my God. You've been, you saved my ass when I was 18 years old in the Army. <laughs> but um, we're going to talk about employment today. This is a great show because we're going to hit it from a few different angles. And I like the angle you're going to bring to the table because you come from the employment industry. Uh, 13 years in the Army. You've been in the employment industry since 1997. At your peak, you were doing 26 million in sales, and you were hiring around two to 3,000 people a year. That is correct. It's a big deal. I thought so. <laughs> so there are a lot of resources, and we're going to get into it a little bit today, about helping veterans get jobs from that angle. You know, how to write the resume, how to position yourself, different organizations that could help. But I want to tell the story of what it actually means to be an employer, because I don't think the average person, let alone the average veteran, understands the cost, the time, the energy from the employer side. So talk to me a little bit about what it actually means to be an employer. Okay, well, a lot of things go into actually employing someone. One, an employer has to run an ad, whatever media they use, internet, old school paper ads are done, uh, radio ads, TV ads, all those cost money to bring the person in the door. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. as an employer, we get bombarded by thousands of people that aren't qualified or remotely qualified for the job and have no interest or intention of actually showing up. So we spend this money to bring a person in. Then we call that herd down to the people that we are interested in actually interviewing and that may be remotely qualified for a job. So then you have to take into account what it costs to actually employ someone. So you have that cost of the recruitment. Then you have the cost of an employer. And the cost of the recruitment, somebody at that company, an already employee, is, is, is fulfilling that job, usually maybe an HR department member or something. Correct. So you're paying that member to go out and hire. Correct. So that costs money, number one. So then, on top of that, let's just put into perspective what it costs to actually employ someone. So you have an employee that, say, makes $20 an hour, okay? That's the $20 an hour that they use for an employee pay rate. Now, on the employer side, they're responsible for all the ancillary costs, meaning workers' compensation, unemployment, withholding tax, and a lot of employers actually will pay one portion or a larger portion on some employers of your medical insurance. So if you add that all up, that $20 an hour employee might cost them 32 to $36 an hour. Okay, so when they make that offer to you for $40,000 a year, they're actually going to be paying closer to 70. You know, so it adds up fast. It adds up very fast. So as an employer, I have to be cognizant of the fact that this employee is going to cost me X amount of dollars. So I want to make sure that I get the right employee the first time. And that's where, as veterans, we have a bit of a leg up. 
Um, LinkedIn had a study last year where they estimated that a veteran with a bachelor's degree has 300% more work experience than a civilian with the same bachelor's degree. And the reason for that is, is that as a veteran or prior military, we've done our job every day. There's no in-between. We have to show up. We have to do our job. Or the cost of that could be catastrophic. So let's just dive right into that then, the veteran aspect, and then that's where we're headed. But to recap, from what I'm hearing from you, the pure financial cost of me, an employer, having an employee, it's expensive. Like you said, it goes far beyond just the $40,000 a year salary. I have taxes. I have health care. So I'm, I'm out of pocket. I'm the business owner. I'm out of pocket, obviously, bringing on an employee. Correct. And as a business owner, as you said earlier, we were chatting, and let's just be blunt, you're in business to make money. If you don't make a profit as a business owner, you're not in business anymore, and you don't have employees to begin with. Pretty much. If you think about it this way, so as an employer, I'm going to expend X to employ you. Let's say it's 50000 all in, okay? How many of whatever I'm selling do I need to sell to cover that $50,000 a year, okay? So as an employer, we can't afford to make those mistakes of hiring the wrong person out of the gate. That's why we would rather do a better job screening up front with proper candidates. And those proper candidates, a lot of times, could be a veteran, but... As veterans, sometimes we're not really good at marketing ourselves. Um, you know, a lot of times we think that just because we're a veteran, an employer owes us something. Unfortunately, that's not the case. You know, as a veteran, when I came home, I was able to get a job, but I put myself out there. You know, I, I was open to taking any job I had to in order to, you know, provide for myself and my family. But in doing that, it opened the door. Being a veteran will open the door for you if you know how to get the door open then the rest is up to you. The same things that made us successful in the military are the same things that will make, make, make us successful as an employee for an employer, okay? Meaning what? Showing up. I mean, the simple things. We had formation. You showed up for formation, you know? Your work starts at 7. Why are you there at 7.30? <laughs> Get what I'm saying? I do. It's, it sounds simplistic, and it is, but those things were ingrained in us in the military, so we should have a better work ethic than everyone else. I agree. Talk to me from this angle because I've been an employer. I've had employees. Mm -hmm. And a lot of employers say they want to hire veterans. And when, when I talk to the veterans that I talk to on a daily basis and mentor them, I tell them, your 214 is not a guaranteed ticket into a job. You are out of the military now and you have to adjust your mindset and you have to understand that you're applying for jobs and you are going up against you know everybody, civilians, other veterans, and you, you, you do need to stand out and you still need to make yourself marketable. You're not just going to get a job because, hey, I served in the military and that's just a cold hard truth. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, I think you and I discussed this previous in one of our other conversations about, you know, the DD-214 not really guaranteeing anything. It doesn't. But like I said, if you understand that you have to market yourself, you can get the door open. You know, we're selling ourselves every day. You know, we sell ourselves to a mate. We sell ourselves for an employer. You know, every day we have to sell ourselves. And unfortunately, even as veterans, we're not really good at that. You know, you have to kind of work at that. I would say networking is one of the largest tools that you can use. Um, I think you touched about it in one of your other shows. Networking is huge. Um, there's a lot of organizations out there on the veteran side 
and prior military side that, you know, support each other. You know, um, the guest that we're going to have coming on later, we met at a influencers conference, you know. So those things are out there. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Um, you know, what was it they said? You don't get anything if you don't ask. Right. Yeah. The answer is always no if you don't ask. So put yourself out there. Talk to everybody you can. You'll be surprised how many people want to help you but just don't know how to. And if you don't know how to articulate that, they will never help you. Tell me a few stories back when you were hiring 2,000-plus people a year, some success stories, what you saw, the good, the bad, the ugly. Okay. Well, um, I owned a traditional staffing firm, and by that I mean there were temp jobs, there were temp-to-hire jobs, there were direct-hire jobs, and we could expound on that later if you'd like to. But I had a gentleman that came out of jail after five years, came into my office with his wife, his mother, and his pastor. And they were begging and pleading for me to help him get a job. I said, okay, I'll take the chance. I have a job to start on Monday. It's a one-day assignment. Show up, do the job, no problems, and I'll get you a better job after that. Mm -hmm. That gentleman is still there today. 17 years later, he's running a crew of 30 people, and it was a one-day assignment. Wow. That turned into 17 years. Wow. So let's briefly touch on that. Tell me about the staffing industry. At any given time in America, there are a million plus employees employed in a staffing arrangement. I personally didn't even know the staffing industry existed until about five years ago. Yeah. A lot of, peop- a lot of people don't understand that. What is it? Okay. So again, there, there's temp jobs, which could be seasonal, like um, stores like Macy's or Amazon, for instance, when we come into Christmas, they have to surge in employment. And the Mm -hmm. only way to really do that is to hire an augmented staff. And the augmented staff are usually temps. You know, so you know that going in. It might be a three-month assignment, might be three-week assignment. And we kind of tell you that up front. Uh, Because, again, you don't know. As I said, one-day assignment can turn into a long-term position. Then there's the more traditional, which is temp to hire, which about 90% of the jobs I had in my company were temp to hire. And by that, I mean show up, do your job, and in 90 days – to 180 days, they're going to hire you permanently on their staff. You know, But they don't want to hire you first. They want you to hire, you to go through the cost of hiring, you Correct. to, to bur- carry the, the burden of payroll, right. and then if they like the employee, then they'll assume responsibility. Correct. So those costs that we talked about for recruitment and employment, they lay on me. And that's, that's where the staffing industry really pushes hard because you can augment your staff as a regular employer through a staffing company, and it doesn't cost you nearly as much to employ them. And staffing's in all industries, right? I mean, you could, I, I could be a nurse and be employed in a staffing arrangement That's, all the way down to light industrial warehouse. I mean, all industries. Yeah, that is a huge industry. I mean, you think of any job and there's somebody working in a temp or attempt to hire a position in that job. Would you say for, let's break it down to the, I'm the 23 to 28-year-old veteran I'm a fresh out. I may not know what I want to do. Is that a viable path, the, the staffing industry, to, to get a job and start experience a civilian workforce? It could actually very be very well be a good position for you. Um, you can try before you buy, just like an employer yeah. is going to try before you buy. You can try a couple different jobs and see if, you know, you never know based on what you did in the military, unless, of course, your military career was X and that's what you want to continue doing. Same industry or... You can stay in a a similar industry with similar soft skills. 
Um, if not, you know, this basically gives you the ability to go to the store and try a few things before you buy. Hmm. So you can then shape your life and your career after that. The other thing, too, is, is when we leave active duty, we have that last move, you know. So we have that last move. We can pick and choose where we want to live. So if I'm from an area that is depressed job-wise, economically depressed, and there's not many options as far as employment are concerned, why not take the chance fresh out of the military, move somewhere where there are jobs, you mm -hmm. know? Because if there are jobs and employment, you're going to be better. You know, you're going to have more options. You could go back to school while you're there, you know? Don't be stuck in the fact of, I have to go back to my home of record. I have to go back to this. Unless, of course, that's where your family is. And, you know, there's other familial things that you have to deal with. But, you know, a, a freshly single guy or girl getting out of the military after, you know, four to six years on active duty, why not pick and choose where you want to live? Hmm. Design your life, right? I agree with that. That's a big deal. Speaking of design your life... You're moving in now to a very veteran focus. You're still in the employment industry. Yes. And I call it the employment industry because it is an industry. Yes. Just like, you know, healthcare or mechanics or technology, there is an entire industry out there known as the employment industry. It's over $380 billion a year in revenue for the country. That's a big deal. Yeah. That is a very big deal. So you're moving now. You're still in the industry. You know a lot about it, clearly but you're moving into now a more veteran-focused, if, if I'm not mistaken, in, in the ventures that you're getting off the ground now and they've been off the ground. Yes. Right now, I'm currently working with a company called Seven Eagle Group, and we specialize in helping transitioning military veterans and their spouses find a new career. Um, and instead of on a temp-to-hire basis, it is direct placement. So we'll get an employer that reaches out to us and says, I need X. Find us X. And they want to hire military veterans because maybe they want to get a better work ethic or create a different work environment on the floor. Or they just know that, you know, someone from the Navy on a nuclear sub can work in the energy industry without batting an eye. You know, I like it. there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, and then the other thing that we're really, really proud of and excited about is we're about to launch a whole new web platform for the gig economy mm. called FreelanceVets.com. And it's going to be vet, veteran and military spouse specific, but it allows them to work as freelancers from home in the gig economy. And by that, I mean, they could be answering phones for a call center virtually, or they could be um, handling accounting or maybe HR consulting, depending on your MOS and your background and your soft skills. There's a ton of jobs out there. It's, it's a $500 billion industry currently. And New York Times estimates in the next seven years, 50% of the workforce will be working from home. So, so the times are changing. You can work from home. You can get reputable jobs with reputable companies working from home through services like yours. And Correct. And the beauty of it is, is now you're your own boss. Hmm. You, most of these jobs, you set your own schedule. You can negotiate the term of employment. In other words, you can negotiate your pay rate, your hours, so walk me, I think that's going to be huge. So, so freelance vets, walk me through that. Well, I'm a veteran, I'm a military spouse. What can I expect? I have a skill set. Do I come to you and you're going to place me? Are you actively, do you have job orders, sort of speak, on the back end and you have to find candidates? What does that look like? Well, since we're going to be in the launch phase in the next few weeks, um, 
the first step. It's a couple of phases, but the first phase will definitely be for us to reach out to as many veterans and spouses as we can and get them into the system. And by that, I mean they have to register with the profile, upload uh, potentially a resume, uh, DD-214 or a spousal card, just so we can verify that they are who they say they are. Um, and then from there, we have employers that are ready to start with us. But again, you need the people in order to put them to work. Hmm. So phase one is get the people to go to work and kind of see where the market is. Um, I mean, cybersecurity is a huge industry right now, and the military is putting out some of the very best. Those jobs are relatively available, especially in the freelance world. Um, so once we build that database of veterans and spouses, we're going right back to the employers that we've been dealing with for the last six years wow. and pushing that out to them. And that's wow. you know a couple thousand employers. Wow, wow. So it's exciting. That I mean, exciting. it's really gonna help people and you're not geographically challenged at that time. Mm, you know, you could be living in Iowa and working for a company in California. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not geographically bound. So that's where, say, I have to go back to my family in Kansas and there's really no jobs where I'm going. Well, I can freelance. Wow. You know, there's a, a plethora of jobs out there. Before we Skype in a mutual friend from Germany, Jamie Chapman, in conclusion... This is a new chapter in your life, and you hear me talk about the chapters in people's lives and how you have to take an active role in your life, designing your life to get to that next chapter. In this chapter of your life with Seven Eagle Group and Freelance Vets, what does the next two to three years look like for you, and what would, what would a level of success mean to you? What does that look like? Well, I mean, a lot of people think about success usually just monetarily, um, and I did for a number of years. Business was good. And, hmm. you know, and I enjoy it. I enjoy closing deals. I enjoy making money. I think we all do. But it comes at a cost, just like our deployments come at a cost. So you don't focus on family as much. You know, you end up traveling for work more than you travel with your kids. For me, success is going to be helping as many people as I can, doing the right thing for the right people for the right reasons. I, I say it over and over again because I believe in it. And if I can have a small section of success at that point, fantastic. Wow. But I want that work-life balance that we're talking about even on the freelance side. So it. to me, awesome. it's being able to spend more time with my children and help the people that need the help. Thank you, Jay. My pleasure, David.